Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And at the top of this, I, of course, want to thank my patrons, Mary, Rob, Robert, Robert, and Case. Um, if you give at the $5 level, you can also get a shout out on this very podcast, though I thank everyone who gives even from a dollar to $20 and anything in between or above. Um, I really appreciate you. Just go to patreon.com slash stormageddon. Uh, I offer a bunch of really cool rewards and tiers. I'm hoping to get out some more bonus audio soon, and you don't want to miss that. That's for Patreons only. So uh, thank you again for that, and on to this week's episode, which is with the incredible Hazel Tart. Um, I've known Hazel for a while. Um, we've been fast friends, and I enjoy all the work that they do. Um, they are drag artists supreme who have a variety of acts from uh, Tina Belcher joining the Avengers to Tina Belcher not joining the Avengers to stuff from Steven Universe and beyond. We chat all about that and um, how they got into the scene. So please stay tuned and enjoy this week's episode. spoken until I stopped being and so like I get it yeah there's once this band I interviewed who were really sweet but like all of the band members were, were super like, like mumble mumble mouths and I was yep. like god damn it come on guys <laughs> well well because I, I I was recording for for my own podcast project over the, right. uh, over the holidays and everyone in my family was so soft-spoken and so I would like um I'm using the the the, the yeti um blue uh-huh. and so i'm just like it's it's be- be- between us and so i'm just like inching it closer, closer to them yeah. and then i'm like i'm sitting back farther yeah and i'm like all right let's see if we can get something i'm also it. perfectly okay to shout if the other guest is quiet like i'll <laughs> always move it closer to them yeah um uh well i guess we'll just get right into it then because i've kind of gotten as you know because you're a listener mm-hmm. that i'm tired of the cold open Hell so yeah screw the cold open uh, right fuck that shit yeah I don't remember if this one has parental advisory or not on it. I can never remember. <laughs> like, I think I marked them all that way because there's a sure shit chance that my co-host will curse. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Well, let's fuck the cold open. Let's dive in fucking hot. <laughs> if you're just tuning in now, which, why would you be? Because I'm probably putting the preamble in. <laughs> Welcome to Autographs. Uh, my guest this week is the incredible mm-hmm. Hazel Tart, who I first hey. met because you stalked me on Instagram. Yes. Yes. After we I, met. <laughs> well, we had met before that. We met at a D20 show. Yes. And yes. I probably, <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because uh, I okay so like I'm one of those people who um, who I try to actively uh, engage with my social media in a way that tells the al- the algorithm what I want right and so Instagram I think around the time when 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 we met um, Instagram started doing that thing where where when you follow somebody their stuff will show up like really front loaded for right for, yeah for like, like, for like a, the first time uh-huh. and then it will gauge it based on that and I didn't realize that yet and so I like followed you and then it was just like a flood of you and so I was just liking everything <laughs> and I was like I'm coming off like such a freaking stalker this is great um yes but, and I still do that to this day because now I just don't care well it's it's funny also because mm-hmm. I met you in drag mm-hmm. and then you followed me and your Instagram name is not is now both I think in the profile but your actual your actual username is your muggle name. Right. And so I was like, 
who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I looked through very, the photos I'm and I was like... I'm far too lazy to give Hazel her own Instagram. She has her own Facebook and I'm like, fuck that. I just broke a thousand followers on Instagram. I am not cre- not dividing that audience. First of all, as someone who has six Facebook accounts and four <laughs> Instagram accounts and it's a hell. four Twitter accounts. Well, now it's better because Instagram at one point you used to not you be able... You had to log out. You had to log out and log in and I didn't like... Back when I think Crash Chords first, because Crash Chords, I don't even use the Instagram anymore, mm-hmm. but Crash Chords has an Instagram that's been idle. When I was still doing the music show, I was posting photos for everything, and like I would have to log out, uh-huh. then log, log back, back in, in, post the photo, then log out, then yep. log back on my other pro. Yeah, yep. Now you can at least switch between them. But now it, I'm of the mind that if I don't need separate social media, I won't make it. Mm-hmm. Like for Facebook, I have it for everything, yeah. because Facebook. Like, just posting the episodes is fine. For Instagram, I only have ones for things that I have worth posting. Like, Screen Snark doesn't have an Instagram because, like, I guess I got post like, we were taking selfies with the guests whenever we remembered. But beyond that, it's like, we're talking about movies. But also, but also like, these are, these are all elements of the... God, I sound so corporate. The quote-unquote Stormageddon brand. Uh, yes, you know yeah, I mean? that's so, true. So posting it all on Stormageddon is a, is a good way to to centralize that so that yeah. people who, who who like your content, they can follow it and, and they can see the other things you're doing and they can choose to interact or not. They don't have to right. independently find this other thing. Right. And also, like, I, I st- when I first started podcasting, when I mm. just had the music review show, before even autographs existed, like, I never thought I'd have more than one show. Though yeah. I had the ideas in my head. Yeah. But it wasn't until, like... Uh, Jeff approached me about fun and games and Rachel approached me about screen snark and MJ approached me about reignite like they drove those yeah and like because when it, screen snark was supposed to start a year before it did and then both me and Rachel Shank just vanished in different directions because we just had no time for it yeah and then she came back to me and was like let's really like do let's this do thing. this yeah and then fucking Jeff Moon and like Every time I would hang out with him, our wives would go off the Sarahs and just talk, and we would just bullshit about video games for hours, and I think it was... <laughs> we, we should monetize this. Right, and I think it was Sarah Tops just went, come on, guys, maybe just make a podcast or something. <laughs> just like, do it. Go, go do a thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I so I followed you, and I started stalking you on Instagram. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yes. But I discovered <laughs> that you were actually a drag performer, and so how long yes. have you actually been doing drag? Uh, almost five years. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Petrified and I started together. We oh, cool. Were, yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. We, we were a duo. Previous guest of the deal. podcast. Yes. So were you on the Petrified show a lot? Um, the Petrified show originally was Deep Fried Tart with Hazel Tart and Petrified. Oh. Yes, yes, yeah. It, it, was, it was a dual, it, it was a joint co-hosting show. Um, and, to, uh, and then uh, it, we did that for eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It was at Rock Bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was always at Rock Bar. Um, and... Then I think it was, it was like late in that summer, and I'm not even gonna try to do the math on what year it was. <laughs> That's fine. It, it like it, people can fact check us if yeah, they want. Yeah, it like like we we had a weekly show less than a year after starting drag, which is like ridiculous. Uh-huh. And in retrospect, like that was a choice that we made. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I I very quickly realized that that I did not enjoy producing a two-hour weekly show it was a two-hour show it was a ton of work especially with a full-time day job and the way that Petra and I both approached drag shows where we felt like we had to pack it with content right of course you know so like the set lists were were dense and it basically like we would do the show Wednesday night we 
would not communicate at all on Thursday because we were just tired. And we would like, but we both had full-time day jobs. So like, I would like go to work on Thursday, super exhausted, just like crash Thursday night. And then Friday, it was already like, all right, I need to unpack this drag suitcase. We need to start talking about what next week is. I need to get the Facebook event up. I need to do this. Like, I need to like, right. like you know, so it, it became very much a, um, uh, a machine where the reason I started doing drag was not there. Right. Um, you know, like I felt, I felt this, this, this need to be, to be adding new numbers, not because I was inspired to, but, but because you had to fill the time. Right. Right. But, but because I had to fill the time and you wanted to keep the same, the, the audience members who show up every week entertained. You don't want to do the same numbers every week. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that became really, um, really apparent really quickly for me. Um, and then, and then like, like I, um, I've, I've talked about this very openly, but like that's when a lot of of my of my mental illnesses really started to flare up that right. summer. Um, not because of Hazel, but uh, but doing a weekly show did not help. At sure, all. of course. Um, yeah. So wait, you're saying that heavy <clears throat> stress induces what? and exacerbates mental illness? What? Yes, yeah, shocking. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So so I you know I um, so Petra and I had a had a very open conversation, and we decided you know. We, we, uh, you know, we care about each other very much, but we do not want to do this show together anymore. Right. Um, and, and so I volunteered to, to, to take a step back, you know, and so I took some time for me, um, and then started doing my own stuff. Um, Is that when you start? so when you started drag, were you also already interested in burlesque or did no. that, so did that start happening after that show? That was because yeah. of that show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we came to rock bar like i like i was a rock bar regular um and i had never been on a wednesday night and this was also shortly after white elephant started right and so uh petra and i just showed up to the just showed up to white elephant the week before we were supposed to start Mm -hmm. um just to get a vibe for it you know like like we wanted to meet you know the people that we were going to be you know sharing a night with sure of course um and yeah and victor was so wonderful and we hit it off right away um, and like before we even started a weekly show, I'm pretty sure it was that very first night that we met, um, Victor mentioned, you know, that, that, that his DJ, DJ Tatmat at the time was, um, was about to go out of town for, for like three months. And so he didn't have, he didn't know what he was going to do for sound. Um, and so I was like, why don't we like, I'll do it for you. Like, why not? Why yeah. not? Um, and so I just like volunteered that. And so we, that was how I met Victor. And that was how I, that was my intro to burlesque. And it was it was a really uh, unexpectedly natural fit. Of course, yeah. You know, um, like like our shows clicked really unexpectedly for 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 two different groups of performers who are in different nightlife genres and had never met before, never even heard of each other before. Right. It was like within two weeks we were like we're like oh my god, yeah, best friends. <laughs> well, also um, I've, I feel like it's weird because it depends on the burlesque circle you're mm-hmm. in because certain burlesque circles don't touch a lot of queer nightlife. Yes. It's just, it's how they're designed. Yes. Yeah. The audiences they reach and it's fine. Yeah. But like it wasn't until I befriended Victor at was it the second Nerdlesque Fest? I've been doing Nerdlesque Fest since the first year, but I was the official fest DJ the second year. The okay. first year, I think I just did one of the shows and then attended the other. Um, but whichever, I think it was the year I was the official DJ, 
uh, Sarah Tops introduced me to Victor mm-hmm. uh, out of face, and okay. then I met him again <laughs> in face. That whole famous thing where like, yep. oh, that was yep. you. Yep. Um, and we became fast friends. So when I started going to White Elephant and befriending all mm-hmm. the folks who go to that, I was yep. like, oh, there's a whole mm-hmm. parallel universe to burlesque that I never even yep. engaged mm-hmm. in. And now like I'm so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm well versed, but I'm fairly well versed in drag and and other stuff. And like, yeah. like I didn't even know drag kings were a thing. Yeah. At all yeah. until I started going to those shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 actually the exact same thing in the drag world where there are there are parallel universes. Um, and uh, and actually, Victor talks about this really well. The same uh, it, from a burlesque lens of no, of nightlife performers come to find themselves there in that community and in that world uh, through different avenues. You know, right. and and it's, and it's usually about why are you here? You know, mm-hmm. you know. So like, is it? Is it because you're a dancer and you want to and you know and and you're all about the movement and the flow? Is it because is it because you're an actor and you love the storytelling? Is it because you're is it because you're all about the look? You know, it's 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 what 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 first drew you into whatever medium it is that really informs what community you click with. Right. And so honestly, like the the, the queer. It's funny because I I started very very like uh, standard classic um, drag right. where, you know, where it's, where it's like you buy something off the rack, you put it on, you don't look like garbage and you wear the same outfit the whole night and right. you do, and you're just like lip sync top 40, like yeah. whatever the audience wants to hear. Um, and yeah. And so like it's, it, we started it as with like Petra and I both started it as a complete lark just because a friend of ours asked us to. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I met burlesque people and specifically White Elephant, which is a very queer burlesque, mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I resonate with this so much more. Right. And so that's why I started doing burlesque. And then because of burlesque, because of the queer burlesque community, I <clears throat> ended up meeting the queer drag community, which the queer drag community and the queer burlesque community are closer connected than than the queer drag community is with other parts of the drag community. Like, like those are very segmented. Got it. And there's not a lot of overlap there. So it, it was this weird roundabout way that I that I f- ended up where I am now, uh, almost five, only five years this June. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, where I kind of don't... Like, I, I, I consider myself a, a drag burlesque performer. Right. And I won't take my clothes off every time. Right. But... And I won't always be female presenting every time, but right. I will always bring you something, something queer and something very uh, important to me. I, I never want to do a number that's just mashing my lips around to, to to somebody else's music for three and a half minutes. Sure, like I I don't I never I I never I know I'm never happy with a performance unless I'm adding a level to it. Like Got whether it. whether it's. Whether it's a story, whether whether it's whether it's it, it's the funny like way that my like my brain responded to a song, whatever it is. Like right. if I'm not adding a layer to it and augmenting the song in a certain way, I don't give a shit. I'm like <laughs> I'm like nah, sure. Like yeah, I'll, I know every word to that Lady Gaga song. Am I going to enjoy doing it? Not really. Not unless you're doing a duet at a wedding on someone's dance floor. Hell yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the fact that. You're so you perform so easily. It seems to me like it's easy for you to perform mm. in the sense that when that happened, shout out mm. to Asmerelle Demay and Triple J, <laughs> the wedding I DJed that this happened at. Every time I hear 
poker face now. I uh-huh. cannot do anything but think of, of me and leave alone you and leave alone performing <laughs> on a dance floor totally unscripted unscripted and awe-inspiring too like everyone was focused <laughs> and like it was just brilliant but like I found that it's really interesting also how people connect to the art world like because for me like I always planned to be a DJ. I just, I like playing music. I like mm-hmm. building playlists. And it wasn't until Betty and Raina said, hey, and Paige at the time when Paige Literati was still performing, said, hey, so we want to do this basement show, but none of us are brave enough to host. Like, and you're a dude that we feel comfortable around. Will you host? Mm-hmm. We know you wanted to try. Yeah. And I was like, I guess. Sure. And like, I've told many times on this podcast, hosting that first show I don't remember any of it. I remember mm-hmm. getting on stage, and then I remember the end of the night. Yep. Like, the rest of it, I blacked out, blackout hosted. People yep. told me I great, did a great job. Noah and Connie were in the front row, as they always are, yep. and they won't lie to me. Not, <laughs> not usually, anyway. Yep. Um, and so, but after that, I was like, well, I, ha- I mean, I didn't fail. I have to try again. Yeah. And then it just got easier and easier to the point where now it's, it's kind of... Like, yeah, sure, I'll host whatever, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. I guess because also the wait's off now that I've interacted with so many people in the community. Like, I know there will at least be a handful of people in the crowd that I know. Right. And, like, if it, the best part for me about being a host is if a joke doesn't land, then I introduce the performer they'd rather see anyway. Yep. Like, I can get the <laughs> hell off stage. <laughs> yep. And that's why I don't mind workshopping bits like that. Yeah. Um, speaking to your performance though i know you're also a very nerdy person very into tv and cartoons and animation and video games when did that start bleeding into drag and burlesque was that from the start or no no um no because no like like my if 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 you dig deep you can find like like the first several outfits that 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 (laughs) hazel wore in the first few uh numbers that she did and they were they were interesting they they were choices um no the first one was um was my uh, was my Hermione Granger act, which mm-hmm. is which is one of my most booked acts. Um, it's like now now it's tied with Yellow Diamond, but um, yes. but no, like uh, I uh, Hermione Granger, like I I'm a super huge Harry Potter nerd. Books and, and movies. Books books primarily, of course, um, but but the world in general. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and so I I I honestly think like it was through. Seeing the nerd, the the nerd lesk that that Victor was booking, right? Um, that that even that that thought would even appear in my head, mm-hmm. and it, it like usually usually I come up with an act because I hear a song, and it makes me think of a character I love, or it makes me think of something unique, right? And and so that I have to do it, um, and like uh, and I I do a lot of mixes, you know, like I I do a lot of sound editing with with my stuff. Um, but that was one of the ones where it was the it, w- it was a, it was very opposite. Like I was at Forever Twenty One, which I never go into. Um, <laughs> I was actually there with Petra. I was I never go in there. We were there in the Times Square location, and on the clearance rack there was one singular uh, shirt. It, w- it was it was like a crop top T shirt, and it had Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, just like the Golden Trio. Uh, and I think it says Golden Trio. I should know. I've worn I've worn it out. Um, and I was like, I'm buying this because it's ten dollars. And then I was like, Well, what am I going to do with it? And I was like, oh, Casual Hermione. Uh, and so yeah, so like I and so I I scrounged for a song for that for the longest time. And so that that that's always where the painstaking part of performance comes in when when I know I want to do a thing, but I haven't found 
the soundtrack for it yet. So finding the song is e- first is easier for you. If yes. you don't have the song first, it's harder. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah, like mo- most of my acts, uh, it's 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 I heard the song first, and it immediately made me think of a character, and it even 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 if there's still like track mixing to do. It's effortless. Like, right. like it feels effortless and like I'm very much a Ravenclaw. So like I was I, about to ask what house you are. Very Ravenclaw. Like I love figuring out how to do how to do things on my own. I'm so curious. I want to know how things work. Um I I very rarely will commission uh somebody else to like make a wig or or or, or make a costume for me. Even even if I know that they can do it ten times better, I want to do it for You want to get it done, yeah. I want to do it. Uh and part of that is my immense perfectionism, which <laughs> My therapist will tell you all about that. Um, but like, yeah. So like, so like for that Hermione act, I spent two months trying to find the right song. Wow. Because nothing fit. Like nothing resonated with me. Um, what song did you end up going with? Oh god, call. it's uh, it's Selena Gomez. It's a deep cut. It's called "Tell Me Something I Don't Know." I feel like I know that song. I, I had never heard it before. Uh huh. Um, How'd you come across it? Uh, I uh, I I love googling. Um, uh, character fan mixes. Yeah, I love a good it. Way to do it. I love it. I've done. I've been doing that more lately because I DJ for a lot mm. of themed shows from Metropolis Burlesque and Magical Good Girl does shows. Yeah. Even when I'm hosting, yeah. I still throw my secret sauce in the mixes. Yeah, and like uh, usually I can think of stuff on my own, but when I hit a, a, a wall, I'll go. What is the internet thing? Like, let's see what 8tracks.com has for us. <laughs> yep, all the time. Yeah, all and, the time. And it, and it works like, well, because other certain shows, like I did a saga show that I DJed for, and mm-hmm. like I'm only sort of familiar with the comic, and I got some help from the producers, but I was like, I need to see what the internet thinks. Yeah. And found a bunch of stuff that way too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I mean, like 90% of my things, like, um, like I, I have two different Tina Belcher acts, and they're mm-hmm. both burlesque acts. Um, both of those, I love Bob's Burgers, and How can you the not? song, right? And the song came on. I resonate with Tina Belcher on a spiritual level. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm this weird mix. <laughs> I feel like of Bob uh-huh. and and um, Gene. Okay. Because like I have when I'm yes. really excited, it's limitless. Like no one can get me down if I've hit peak excitement. Yes. But then also once I've hit a wall, I'm bo- the Bob in the room. I just want to get through it. I just uh-huh. want it to work out. Uh-huh. I'm trying really hard. You are very Gene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I would also throw like like maybe like maybe maybe it's in your secret sauce, but like a little bit of marshmallow. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, but so having two different uh, Tina Belcher acts, yeah. why do you have two different ones? What um, made you want to make two different acts? Is I, it the I, different I, music? I, I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the first one was, um, was oh, actually, now that I think about it, that that first Tina Belcher act was was not. I heard the song first. It was, um, it was uh, for a while. I, I performed with Cosplay Burlesque, of course, um, sure. and they were doing this epic show. So one of the best shows I've ever ever been a part of or, or even heard of it was it was for anime next uh they did an avengers themed show with very few to no avengers acts it was it was oliver swiskey pre-recorded cosplaying uh, as colson uh-huh. and they were auditioning uh they or, or or they were they were interviewing potential other Avengers. fictional characters to be in the Avengers. to join the Avengers amazing and so like you know and so like there was like a Captain America act and like a couple other things but then like the prompt was any fictional character that you can think of that would want to join the Avengers and I was like fuck and so I was like <laughs> 
Tina Belcher would love to get near them them butts. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so and so it was right around the time when, uh, or shortly after, uh, the Nicki Minaj Anaconda song came out. And I was like, this is my moment. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so I made this, uh, I, I watched every, at what was out at the time, every single episode of Bob's Burgers uh, with, with Audacity up, ready to, to audio grab any sound bites. And I watched five seasons. Wow. Um, over the course of like three days. Jesus. Just like listening <laughs> for it. And then like I went into like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I got some stuff and I created this like really elaborate mix uh, narrative of of like of like Agent Coulson is like on the screen like interviews and then and so I start the act with uh, with that with that moment in Agents of Shield where uh, where Eric Koenig is is doing lie detector tests yes. on on all the agents uh-huh. and so I use those sounds for the questions and then Tina Belcher <laughs> answers them oh man until, until he finally breaks her down and he's like why are you really here. Uh, and then and then and then I put together. Tina says at one point, um, uh, "This is the bi- this is the biggest man cave ever." And Tina's going spelunking. I need fresh faces and fresh butts. Uh, and so basically, <laughs> Tina Belcher auditions for the Avengers uh, by writing an erotic friend fiction of of a, of an Avengers mission. Uh, um, brilliant. And they're yeah. So there's stuffed animals of the Avengers that she pulls out of her backpack, takes her clothes off, um, which which I know like. I was very hesitant about because of course she's an underage character. Right. Um, but I uh, I always wear a very uh, non flattering sports bra um, <laughs> s- a- as a training bra. Like I never take that off. Like always have panties on. Like it's always for the comedy, not for the sexualization. Right. Um, it's it's always Tina sexualizing something else. Right. Um, and so in that it's the Avengers. And then I had that act. I had the costume. It was great. Fucking loved it. And then... When would you ever use it again? I, literally, literally. I perf- The second time I performed it was for Victor Devon's uh, One Shot Wonder Show because I was like, I'm never going to do this ever again. I did it just for that. Yeah. When the fuck is Tina Belcher going to audition for the Avengers? This is bonkers. Yeah. And then I was listening to Beyonce and, <laughs> and, and the song Haunted came on. Now, as Tina, oh. I, ne- I never lip sync the songs. Right. Um, it's very much just Tina feeling her oats. And... Haunted's uh, a good one. Though. Yeah, and so Haunted came on, and I was like, "Oh my God, Jeff, the ghost in a box, the hottie without a body, the hottie without a body." And so I made this entire other completely off the wall act where, where, where Tina is on a date with Jeff in a box, and so I have a Jeff shoebox, um, and the box moves. Oh, that's cool. And I open the box and I pull out a holographic glitter-covered planchette from a Ouija board. <laughs> and then Jeff starts uh, starts, starts using my body as a Ouija board. And so I take my clothes off, and I'm wearing a, 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 a brown unitard with a Ouija board on it. Amazing. And Brilliant. yes and no are on, the, are, are, on the bu- are on the boobs. And then instead of goodbye, it says good butt. <laughs> nice. Well um, done. Did you make the, the leotard? I did. Of course you did. <laughs> I hand drew all of it. Um, yeah. So it, like like that's how my brain works. You know, you know, it's like it's, it's I'm a nerd and then I hear pop culture things and I'm like, oh fuck. That that's not gonna get out of my head until I do that. Yeah, I found as someone who doesn't perform and is only thinking to start dabbling with certain performance, like I hear so many songs and get ideas for acts. Mm-hmm. And like if I if I even happen to mention any of them on the air again so many people are going to come after me for not doing the last <laughs> but like you know i just 
it's hard watching all of these acts, especially the really narrative-driven ones, and go, yeah. that's brilliant. What if I did something like that? Like, my go-to that I'll throw out because I've said it so many times is, are you familiar with Jonathan Colton? Yeah. You must be. Yeah. So he has a song called Read Your Brains, uh-huh. where it's, his, it's him singing to an office mate after becoming a zombie about how he mm-hmm. wants to eat his brains. Uh-huh. And the idea is me, as an office worker, lip-syncing the song with tear-away office clothes, mm-hmm. and then other strippers in zombie makeup peeling my clothes off me while I lip sync yes, on stage. Yes, please do it. And it's like, it's one of those uh, things that's just dumb enough that I feel like it could go over really well. Hell yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. But do you ever find yourself like at a burlesque show now because you're so, your mind works that way that you can't mm-hmm. stop yourself from dissecting the things you see? Or can you still enjoy the art that you watch? I, 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 I can still com- completely appreciate the art that I'm watching with burlesque. Drag is different. Yeah. Uh, burlesque, burlesque. I I still feel like I am so um, inexperienced with like like I I, I get booked for burlesque ninety percent of the time that Hazel gets booked, but um, but I I it it feels very I I I I don't even know. Yeah, like like when it's when it when it's a drag number. I'm I'm analyzing it almost from from an, from an acting standpoint right. because you know like I, my degree was in acting and writing. Right. Um. Where whereas with burlesque, I I still am able to sit down at a burlesque show and just nerd the fuck out. Right. Which is so wonderful. I'm sure. So I go to I go to a lot more burlesque shows than I do drag shows because um, you can because still, of that. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. I'm 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 curious. What what was that 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 first number that that you saw me in? Because I have no idea what it was. Oh. It was at D20? It was at D20. The first number I saw you do was it was in a really emotional number. What show was it? Oh, did you perform at the Dystopia show? No. Uh, what? No. I knew you before this. No, the was it the the um, the Mountain Goat show? That, the ma- that, that was a really emotional number. So the ma- <laughs> Mountain Goat show is one of the most memorable performances I've seen you do. I've never done that again. Really? I... That was a, I mean, it's that, a very that was an intentional one-hit wonder, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of them were because, like, even even Schaefer Schaefer's performance, like, he never does that kind of stuff right. in his own show, and so like, I feel like a lot of that stuff was very one-off. But no, I, I can't remember what the. I feel like I must have seen you do a lip sync thing at either Beef or mm-hmm. at uh, or at White Elephant. Yes, I, I've I've done plenty of White Elephant. Um, it must have been a white elephant, but I yeah. gun to my head, I couldn't even remember what act it was. It might have been no, maybe it was Tina. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Yeah, because I knew you longer as this person that I met through the internet, as than, the person stalking you on Instagram, <laughs> right? Than, than a performer. <laughs> I was like, DJ Daddy gets all the likes. Yes. <laughs> um, now that because I know you were taking a break for a little while and that yes. you're still performing, but not you're not f- as focused on it as you were yes. a few years back. Yes. Um, do you find yourself now looking to the this current year that we're only in? Fe- God, it's only February. And yet, uh, and yet, it's the <laughs> end of February already. I know. It just it feels like too long and not long enough. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself looking to mo- do more shows or wanting to book more? Or are you kind of happy with the staggered pace that it's been right now? Um, I so so Hazel um, is on, or or has been on a forced hiatus, right? Um, and actually, that Mountain Goat show was was a very uh, a very vague way of me telling the world that, right? Because like I did that number and, and 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 I was like, this is me telling the world, and I was like. It's a room of like a hundred people max, and 
I didn't tell anyone what like what this right. was about. But no, but like so 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 for the audience, like like I my the act that I did was it was a burlesque act to uh to the Mountain Goat sh- uh, song "The Mess Inside," and it was specifically from the podcast. I, I only listen to the Mountain Goats. It was a it was a it was a Amanda Palmer cover, right? Um, slash duet, uh, and so it, it and so it started with female vocals and then a male vocalist joined in, and so it, uh, it was the it's the mess inside, and it's about a relationship falling apart and not knowing and trying to find that magic again and trying to find that spark. But it's just it's just pain, right? And so I performed it as the relationship between Hazel and Chris, um, and 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 visually, it was me de dragging after a show, and right. and um, and the relationship that I have with my body. Um, uh, I so I have uh, I have uh, clinical depression, uh, generalized anxiety, and uh, body dysmorphia, and an eating disorder. And so, dragon burlesque. While I I love it as an art form and and as and as a way into the queer community, and it's so, like I I have learned so much about myself and I have found so much beauty and and wonder in life through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had kind of hit a point where where the 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 inflow of good was very little. And the inflow of the bad triggers was very heavy. Yeah, uh, you know, and so you know, it, it it turned into you know, like I I would actively limit the amount of food I was eating for for weeks leading up to a show. You know, and you know, and and and, and it's 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 all internalized like perfectionistic things where, um, you know, where those those like offhanded comments that like that 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 friends will say like in the dressing room of, of like, oh my god, you're so skinny, I hate you. Um, yeah. like, like that, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's like, oh, ha ha ha. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, not eating looks good on me. Um, you know, and so, and so it, be, it turned into this really toxic relationship where, um, where unless I was not eating and I was cinching and patting for the gods because Hazel has a very exaggerated hourglass figure, um, I was very uncomfortable with myself and taking my clothes off on stage was was a was a really big uh part of 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 that uh of that influx of bad uh and so i realized i was like this this self discovery that i've been having with myself in this conversation of queerness and identity uh that i've been having with myself through performance has reached an impasse right and the next step of self-discovery and exploration in life that I need to do, uh, Hazel can't be a part of. Got it. Um, and Hazel is actively uh, keeping me from doing that. Wow. So, yeah. So I stopped accepting any new gigs. Um, I took some medical leave from work. I went. To, I started therapy and started medication. Um, and so, like, I finished out the gigs that I had previously. Uh, Agreed to, so it was like a nice trickle out. Right. Um, so like the the last eight months of twenty eighteen, I think I did like three gigs. Right. Um, and so only now I, I I have two gigs that I've agreed to uh-huh. for twenty nineteen, and I'm really not unless something really great comes along. I am not saying yes to anything else yet. Um, I'm really waiting for those events to happen to feel it out. 
Um, and are you booked as Hazel for those events? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I'm doing um, I'm doing the Space Rocks D20 show. Right, of course. Uh, well, bringing of course. Ye- bringing Yellow Diamond to that, um, and so that will be my first uh, my first performance in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm also performing um, on the Cosplay and Pride Cruise that Geeks Out does. Uh, oh yes. for 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 Pride Month. Um, last year was the first one, and I was a guest on the like I was just there 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 as a as mm-hmm. a Audience member, guest, attendee, attendee. Attendee, that's the as word. As an attendee. That's the word. As an attendee. I, I, I was just there, and it was absolutely amazing, and I absolutely loved it. And they had Dragon Burlesque performers there. And so when they and so when they reached out to me um, last month to to perform this year, I was like, I can't say no to that. No. I want to do it so bad. Uh, yeah, so I, so, so I said yes to that. Uh, and, but, yeah, so, like, I'm, I'm very much... Uh, You're feeling it out and yes, seeing where it goes. Yes, yes, It's a soft return. That's fair. Yes. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Geeks Out, because actually, like, mm. so last, last year was my first Flame Con, yep. as you know, as a listener. Which I'm so mad that, that was your first one. I know. I, I should have been going to them sooner. Yes. But um, I was, a, I, you know, I covered his press last year, and yeah. I had a blast, and I was <clears> on a panel, which I featured as a podcast, and I interviewed some folks there. Um, I had a blast, and, like, mm-hmm. I've... Poor Michelle, who runs their, uh, you know, like, all of their outreach. I love her. I love her, too, but I've been annoying the crap out of her. I know <laughs> it because, like, I get I get that they do mass market emails that she signs off, but mm-hmm. everyone I've gotten now where it says, don't forget to sign up and register, I've emailed going, but I did register, and I haven't been confirmed for press yet, and I've submitted panels, so mm-hmm. tell me about that part. <laughs> tell me yeah. tell me when you'll be reviewing. Yeah, um, uh. but I'm, I had such a good time last year. It was just so low-key and low-pressure, and, like, people came out to this Queerness and Doctor Who panel that we did, mm-hmm. which was so fun, and, like, so I, of course, had a ton of ideas this year for panels I want to do. I want to do... Mm. Uh, a panel focusing on queerness in video games Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like it's talked about enough and although I talk about it on a lot of my podcasts I think what what is actually queerness and how queerness is portrayed is very different yeah like talking about on my Mass Effect podcast, the fact that the first game was queer because a female-looking alien and a human woman can have sex in that game right which means it's queer which is like sort of correct right but right. not really correct and right. it's not really until the third game where as a male character you can have sex with a male character right or as a woman you can have sex with a woman and fight and like mix it up like that's the one that felt truly queer although right. my co-host mj uh will argue to the ends of the earth that if you're into aliens you're queer it doesn't matter if it's a male <laughs> alien because it's something other than the norm right is expressing your queerness yeah yeah um which I agree yeah, with. Yeah. Like, if you're into aliens, you're queer. It's just, that's it. You're God, done. Oh, God, I'm queer as fuck. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like, like Flame, FlameCon is, uh, and and I, I, I can say this without hesitation, is the highlight of my year. Yeah. Like, unless there's, like, some, like, big life event going on, like my best friend getting married, which happened one time, and it was the same weekend as FlameCon, and it was a big thing. <laughs> um, but, like, FlameCon year after year has been the highlight of my year because it is the intersection like it it feels like it was made for me you know it it is so queer so nerdy so um so artistic you know like like i could i could spend the entire freaking con just wandering around the artist alley and talking with the artists because it's artists that you don't see at any other con you never see that level of, of of artistic representation and diversity at at any other venue. Yeah, and and they're so mindful of keeping at bay those those 
those like mass market vendors who just like show up with like with like a truckload of dusty pop vinyls, you right. know, you know, like 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 that does not exist at FlameCon. Yeah, and and the conversations are so open, and there is like no, there is like no nerddom gate checking or anything like that. None of it. Yeah, and like, the panel and when conversations you... are are in depth and thought out and 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 open and so I love it. Well, and also what was really fascinating to me, having been to a mm. lot of conventions, is that people like. A lot of conventions I've gone to, a lot of the vendors, unless you engage with them, sometimes they're very kept to themselves or they're working with other, talking to other people. Right. But walking the, the, the floor at FlameCon, everyone is reaching out. Everyone's right. like, hey, what's up? Or if you stop to look for a minute, or like if you ask questions, like they're happy to answer them. And right. like if you don't know a name that they mention in either, you know, the porn industry or the drag industry or whatever, they're like, oh, it's so-and-so. I did this with them. They're known for this. Like yeah. they're super kind. <laughs> and also there were so many vendors there that I had no idea would be there. Like I have a friend named... Sarah, who does um, incredible watercolor work, and she had her own booth. She's been there every year, mm-hmm. and she's uh, uh, in a poly relationship. She has a beautiful daughter, and like I, I just I love that I randomly saw her there, got to chat with her, and that people yep. were buying her stuff. Yeah, because it's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and 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 that's the other thing about about the vendor about the vibe of FlameCon is is like when the when the art when the when the people at the booth you know, are engaging with you. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, like, it doesn't feel like the, like the perfume sample lady. Right. You know? Hey, buy my you stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's because, it's because they're really passionate and they're really excited and, yeah. you know, and, and, and they, and they, and they're really excited that, that they're there and they're passionate about it and they're not just trying, like, yes, they're trying to make money, but they're trying to make money with something that they're also just deeply in love with. Well, whether, yeah. whether it's their art or their fandom or whatever it is. And it's, it's so exciting. It's yeah. so exciting. And I love it every year. And I, I, oh, I love it. It, it. it makes me so happy to think about. Like, yeah. You know. It's easily become one of my favorite conventions. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to go to more because I want mm. to not only just experience them, but I'm trying to shop around the thousand things I do because yep. I can't just do one thing. Yep. Um, Same. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I definitely want to talk to you about that. What? <laughs> about, about, about doing a million different things. So, like, I'm very much a Ravenclaw and an Aquarius where uh-huh. I want to do everything and I want right. to do it all myself and I want to be able to know how to do everything. And you don't want help and you want... Right. And uh, it's... it. I, like, the, one of the biggest things that, like, I was trying to explain to my therapist and I did it in the nerdiest way possible. I was like, I was like, I feel like the last 10 years I have been, uh, I have been a, uh, a third level druid. <laughs> and, and it's time for me to pick my druidic circle. And... In D and I can just look at the player's handbook and see one. and see what that means yeah. when I get to 14th level and what that means. You know, it's so like I can see the very clear cut path when I get down mm-hmm. there. But in the real world, and and as a queer artist, it's like it's like okay, I don't like I love doing all of these things. You know, like I love um, I love crafting. I love you know I love uh, burlesque. I love drag. I love podcasting. I you know. I, all, storytelling is what I love and right. creating things is what I love and there are so many ways that I could go about that and and there's no one way that that sort of like reaches out to me like this is your future <laughs> this is your calling <laughs> and I don't have that player's handbook right where I can say like where I can go come about it very intellectually and say like well at level 14 it'll be this versus this which one do I want you know I don't have that player's handbook for, for creative life and so I feel like I have been, like, in Dragon and Burlesque and, and everything creative that I do, I have been a level three druid and, <laughs> and not 
investing in one particular thing because I'm afraid to shut any one door. Yeah. And I'm afraid to label myself as any one thing. Yeah. So I'm really interested, like, like as somebody else who does that. That's like did like did that resonate with you at all like like yeah like, how so, do you, how do you approach well that? first of all the the D and D comparison I love <laughs> also I appreciate you asking me questions on my own show you're welcome I love that um, this is my podcast now kids <laughs> um, so it's interesting like I found that community drives a lot of it uh-huh. and like I never set out to be Mr. Podcast which amongst a specific circle at least in New York <laughs> I'm the guy who has a thousand podcasts which yeah. I don't I have four and I know so many people who in the professional space have way more yeah um but I think what happened is I liked podcasting I hate writing mm-hmm. like I Crash Chord started out as a blog and like I'm so embarrassed by the early articles that are on that site they're still there I won't get rid of them but like <laughs> I'm not a strong writer I'm yeah. an okay writer and when I'm writing about music I can be pretty articulate and specific and like you know, very focused, but like I like to talk, and I pref- I'm not an improv performer, mm-hmm. but I don't mind discussing things off the cuff. Yeah, because I know how to guide a conversation. Yeah, because I'll do it when I'm just hanging out with my friends and I want to talk about certain things anyway. Yeah, um, sometimes to the detriment of others, but that's a different <laughs> story. Um, and so I never turned out ex- uh, expected to be the podcast guy, but when Jeff introduced me to now our mutual friend Case, who introduced me to the Certain Point of View Network, where the other podcasts I do live. They were so excited. They're old school. The guys created are old school radio guys. They were two episodes before this one that you're listening to, Ben and Addy. And they're just like, we want to just build content and like just get it all out there, all of it. And yeah. and it made me realize that there was a lot of stuff I could do. It also it changed once I became Stormageddon. I was became Stormageddon. I mean, it's not like I'm a burlesque <laughs> performer. I became Stormageddon. Yeah. Um, but once I started actually taking on a moniker mm. and a DJ name yep. and like creating a brand, as you put it. Yep. Um, it became easier to do more because then I could just funnel it through that. Yeah. But I've even struggled with that recently. I went to MAGFest back in January and I loved it. It was the best and most wonderful intersection of music and gaming. Um, but I, I, right before that, I had given up on streaming on Twitch because I was like, I don't know. Like, what if I set these schedules and then what if I don't want to do it? And then I went to a really great uh, Twitch streamer panel with a bunch of streamers who are popular, but like maybe they get, you know, between 30 to 80 views on a specific video, yeah. you know, uh, they're not like bringing in thousands and thousands of view per video. And they just pretty much when I asked about that, like, what if it feels like work? What if I don't want to stream a certain game? They went, then don't. Who gives a fuck? Like, if you just want to turn on Twitch and you're about to play a game, and you're like, oh, I just want to talk. Then just talk to your audience. Like, yeah, they just want to see you if they're <clears throat> subscribed. Yeah, and that made it easier. And I've been streaming more, at least mm. once a week, sometimes more, because I realized, oh, if people are going to tune in, great. And if not, it's me talking to myself and being a goofball that I can yeah. share later anyway. Yeah. Um, I I don't think you should limit yourself at doing too much, but I think you should try. If Hazel ends up not being the brand that you want to focus under, mm. figure out what your brand as Chris is, or as another name, or mm. as a company. And try and funnel everything through that. If you have a focus point, I feel like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But there should also be a through line. Like, if you know me and have a 10-minute conversation with me, you know I'm into music, video games, and movies. Yeah. I'm into other stuff. Yeah. But, like, those, that's the yeah, big cross Yeah, those are the big ones, yeah. You know, and I guess you could say burlesque now. Yeah. But, like, most of the burlesque I'm really into is about movies, movies TV, mm-hmm. video games, uh-huh. and music. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> you know, like, I'm the asshole yeah. who wanted, with Mary Sin, to produce a scrub show that actually was a huge success. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. as long as you're really putting 100% in what you do and care, and try not to worry about what the audience 
like if the audience will be there, they'll come. Yeah. Like the I have the podcast we are currently doing right now. I have an idea of how many people listen, but I really have no idea what the outreach is. Other mm-hmm. than I know that there are some people in New Zealand who listen and some other places. Like I see these small bright spots on other parts of the yeah. world. Yeah. But for the most part. It's an English-speaking-based podcast, so it's very centric on the United States. But it's something that I've always wanted to do before Chris Hardwick became a fuckhead. I idolized him. (laughs) But now now I idolize people like uh, Kevin Pollack, who's a comedian, who also has done a chat show for a while. Pete Holmes, who does You Made It Weird, which actually influenced this show because... Over the years, the show is very textbook polished. Like, I'm great at guiding conversation, but I have specific questions. Yeah. And then over the years, it's been, well, let's fucking throw the cold open out the window. I'll record that separately like everybody else does. Yeah. You know, and then just let the conversation guide itself. One of my favorite interview moments is that uh, internet wonder genius, Mike Regnetta, who used to do um, the Idea Channel, when he was on this show, and I mentioned I was from Staten Island, he interviewed me about Staten Island <laughs> and asked, like, what was it like growing up there? What's it like there? Like, and it was really refreshing. And mm-hmm. so, like, I, I realized that the the in modern media, the rules don't apply. For right. the most part, you get to make whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And now that um, streaming is so much more accessible and making podcasts is so much more accessible, literally make the thing. Yeah. The only advice I would give you is if you're going as you're going into podcasting, which I know you're working on a podcast, bank as much fucking content as you can. Yes. Because <laughs> no matter how much you bank, you will still hit a week where you have nothing. It's got to go live in three days, and you have to scramble to get something. Yeah. It happens to everybody. There's yep. no way to avoid it. Yep. But the oh, yeah. But I, the- I did. I did. I did weekly YouTube videos for three years. And okay. I have before Hazel, <laughs> please don't look those up. <laughs> um, yeah. That 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 was definitely a thing. Where like I would wake up and I'm like, fuck, I'm supposed to post a video today. Damn it. <laughs> also find a, find, if you're working in the arts, find a platform that you really love. Like, yeah. bro- I was trying to stream on Facebook Live for a while because I thought more people would see it because it was attached to my Facebook page. But then when I figured out that Facebook is still fucking you, if you're not paying for advertising, it doesn't matter how many likes you have, <clears throat> yep. nobody's seeing it. Yep. So I went back to Twitch because even though it's a much smaller audience, it's my, I think my followership is 30 people or mm-hmm. if even. But I get I get one to two people tuning in and chatting with me every video I post, and so yeah. it means that people are actually watching and want to engage. Yeah. Um, as far as picking one thing, I feel like it's really hard, right? Like yeah, like 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 my like my my worries are never that are never that like somebody won't consume it. It's right. it's always it's always like I don't want to burn myself out. Well, yeah. Because I will so do that. I am so that person. <laughs> I mean, that's what last year was for me. I more than tripled the money I made DJing because I had like five weddings last year, yeah. as well as the, the burlesque and drag gigs, as well as, you know, everything else that I've done, plus the day job I used to have last year. And so, like, I was really afraid I was going to do that. And I did get to that point a little bit. There were some shows that I won't mention my name because I only did one a few of them, and if they're listening, I mean, it's not like it affected my performance, but I was in the booth kind of just pressing buttons. Yeah. Not really into it. Right. And that's no fault of the show. The shows were phenomenal. Right. I just... You was... were, yeah, you were overextending yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, I found that the, what you want to do is figure out what you're almost always excited to do, yep. and that's the thing to keep pursuing. I loved my music show. For those who don't know who are listening, maybe through uh, Chris slash Hazel's Sphere, <laughs> is that I used to do a weekly album review show with two co-hosts where we'd review a new album every week, and it was track by track, deep dive analysis. 
on albums from any genre. And I loved doing it, but the recording process was between five and seven hours because mm -hmm. we would get together, we would listen to the album together, we would take notes, we would discuss how we we're going to talk about it, yep. we'd record it, yep. then we'd have to do retakes or fix certain stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we might have to fix previous episodes if we had bank stuff. It just became so much work, and I hated it. Not all the time, yeah. You know, but there were times where yeah. I'd be coming home from work and knowing they're meeting me here at my apartment, and like, oh, I have to record an episode tonight. Yeah. None of my podcasts make me feel that way anymore. That's awesome. And that said, I miss deeply doing deep dives on music. This will be the second time I mention Weezer's fucking Teal album on this damn podcast <laughs> because. I'm baffled by it, and I really need to do like something for my Patreon where it's just me bitching about the Teal album for 20 minutes because... Do it. But I find that, you know, at the end of the day, getting the content out there is easy. Getting people to pay for it is much harder. Yeah. And building an audience can be much harder now. Yes. Like when Facebook... A big, a big thing that really showed me how Facebook, I feel like, has changed a lot is I've done the charity Extra Life multiple times, which is a gaming charity where yeah. you game for 24 hours and you... Um, it doesn't have to be a marathon, but it's more fun when it's a marathon. Yes, it is. Um, and you raise money for children's hospitals. And the, the second time I ever did it, I raised over $1,100 just by promoting on Facebook and sending out emails. And this time I, own, I still raised over $500, which was wonderful. And like <clears throat> any amount of money is worth doing it, 100 200 it doesn't matter. Yeah. But losing more than half of what I had earned... <clears throat> I the first time, yeah. The first time, which, mind you, was four years ago. was right. the last time I did it. It's huge. And I think a big part of that is that social media is burying everything that's not paid advertising. Right. And yeah. the paid Especially advertising. Yeah. And the paid advertising doesn't really work <clears throat> either. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's become the hardest thing. Like, I have a Patreon that I love, and I try not to oversaturate promotion with. But, like, I, I'm so thankful for anyone who's willing to pay even a dollar for my fucking content. Because... Mm -hmm. You know, self-worth is a, a hell of a thing. And I don't think it's worth anything Yeah. sometimes. But I appreciate it. But just the same, like, you can't get that information out there anymore. No, right. And nobody has money to pay for anything <clears throat> yeah. right now. Especially our peer group in the independent arts community. Yep. You know, we're passing around the same $20 at shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. At this point. Yeah. And which is great to do and great to support. Yeah. But it's really hard also. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, if you're going to do a bunch of things, they have to be things that you love. And if you feel a strain from drag or burlesque, yeah. then lean into the podcasting. Lean yeah. into making costumes for people. Fucking cosplays. An insane industry. Yep. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys who, whenever I can, I say, I knew Stella Chu when, because I love Stella Chu, and she's one of my dearest friends, who I never get to see, because she's so awesome and so busy. Yeah. But, like, so the stuff she makes, and the stuff she gets commissioned to make, versus the stuff that people make for her, and it's, like, this awesome, and she loves doing it. I feel like... If you pour, pour yourself into a thing you're really into, it's going to be really easy to make it. Yeah. It's much harder to make things when you're you're dreading doing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's no reason to do that kind of stuff anymore because it's so easy to make so many different things now. Yeah. Um, and there's so much stuff out there. It was really depressing last year when I, uh, the early this year rather, when I was talking on my gaming podcast about how many games I played last year. Mm. I played 33 different games last year and, they, and like maybe 10 of them are ongoing games like Overwatch or okay. League of Legends yeah. or whatever that I've been playing many years. Yeah. So I really only played like 20 games last year and like 200 games came out last year. Right. And that was really depressing Aww. to me. Only because I feel like I'm so out of touch with content because there's so much of it. Yeah. I can't watch every TV show. I can't listen to every album. I can't 
do everything. Yeah. And so that I sometimes feel like the content I'm putting out suffers for it. Yeah. It doesn't have to. So I think this the that was a really long answer to the <laughs> no, short yeah, yeah, yeah. to the short answer yeah. of do, do what you love. Do what you love, yeah. And I think focus on a project for a period of time and then move on from there yeah. if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think that's yeah. a great way to do and it. And that's kind of like like what I've been doing, you know, so like Hazel, the dragon burlesque performer, went on hiatus for a bit and then and so now, like, I, I've been working on that podcast. Um, Do you have a release, a window for the podcast yet? Um, it'll probably be in the spring at some point. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Tell the listeners a little bit about this podcast that yeah, you're doing. Yeah, so, like, this is one that I that I have had in my head for, like, three years. And so it took me a while to actually talk myself into taking on another project. Right. Um, but essentially... Um, the the easiest way for me to describe it f- to podcast listeners is to say it is serial in format mm-hmm. and conversations with people who hate me in content uh but it's it's entirely about uh about the queer about queer existence right uh and so each season is focused on one queer individual and and it explores uh queer existence and the queer experience of of coming out, finding yourself, uh, the fallout from that, if any, and and how your life has changed since then, um, by having conversations with the people who were in your life during that period. Huh, interesting. And so, I love that. Yeah, and so season one, which is the inspiration for all of it, is me and my family. Right. Um, my I, I come from a very religious background. My stepdad's a pastor. Um, I was kicked out when I was 17. Um, and... I was raised very under a rock. Like, like, like you could probably name all of your top favorite artists, and I'll know like maybe two of them. Um, I will have heard their names, but I will not be able to identify a single song. All right. Um, and yeah, and so like, and so season one is me sitting down and having one-on-one conversations with, uh, with with my aunt who took me in after I was kicked out. With uh, you know, with with my grandmother who was raised. Um, in a, in a very small town where where they have very specific views about homosexuality, um, I, and plot twist, spoiler alert: the season finale is a conversation with my mother in wow. the home that I grew up in. Um, and the whole point of it is never to it like I never want it to be a debate. Right. We're not trying to, prove, to we're not trying to prove each other wrong. We're not trying to to make the other one look stupid. It's just a conversation it's, about. What it's, happened? It well, it's 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 two humans sitting down and saying, and saying, we we share X number of years coexisting, right. or or our, our our paths have crossed X amount of times. Uh, these these were our experiences from my perspective, and how our relationship and our interactions impacted me and changed my life. How did my existence change you, and how did me, as a queer person coming out? Uh, and 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 claiming a certain space that did not exist before um, in a religious household, um, how did that impact you? And and how has how have we changed each other's lives by just by existing and by and by continually striving to be ourselves, our our authentic selves? Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it it's a very it's a very rewarding converse, set of conversations that I had, um, and I still have a few more to record. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, like they're very rewarding. They're very um, emotionally exhausting. Um, and at the end of it all, um, it's 
nothing's changed. Right. You know, like, you know, like, again, we're not, we're not having a debate. We're not trying to change each other's minds. Right. Um, and, you know, like, my family feels a certain way about, about homosexuality. And um, that's, it's hard when it's that. When it's right. queer, it's hard. Because it's not, it's, they don't have to take responsibility for that belief. Right. They can say, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, it, God said that. Right. You know, so. It's not know, me. It's, it's God. not me. It's God. Like, right. change God's mind. You know, it's like, I can't, I, short, short of me getting God to come down from heaven and being, and, and like posting like, like a viral video and being like, yo, shut up. Queers are cool. Yeah. Stop being a dick. Like, like there's no changing that. Right. Um, and so a lot of the conversation turned into how do we continue to exist together? Right. And so that's season one. I think that's a beautiful <clears throat> message. Yeah. And so like in future seasons, like season one, it's it's me and I have uh, my best friend Anna as, as a sounding board. Like we have pre-conversations and post-conversations about it. Uh, in future seasons, um, <clears throat> I'm hoping to have, uh, you know, it's like season two, I, I would love to have a queer person with a completely different experience. Right. Um, and, and I will be that sounding board for them in oh, the future. Oh, cool. But I, it felt... It felt, uh, it felt, uh, what's what I'm looking for? It felt dangerous to ask somebody to, to explore their story. Without exploring yours first? Right, yeah. right. I was like, the trial and error of making this a podcast needs to be on me first. Um, and since they were the inspiration for the whole idea, let's do that. So, yeah. So, it's, it's definitely not, like, it, it, it'll be very... Uh, anthology uh, in focus, you know. So season one will come out. Uh, we'll start coming out in late spring. Um, What's the name of the show? I don't have a name yet. Okay, and, no worries. Then and, I will direct people to it when you have <laughs> a name. <laughs> and just like, and just like, like when when the song comes first in a drag performance or a burlesque performance is so much easier. Yeah. I, I, I usually come up with, like, the name for something almost immediately, and when I don't, it stresses me to fuck out. Sure, you want it to be perfect. Yeah, because, because, because like, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the culmination of, 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 of an entire season into right. a name, and so it's so much easier to frame it when you're, when you're creating it. Yeah. If you have that name, it, it's kind of like your anchor for, for... For, for when you're editing and when you're having these conversations or when you're making decisions about what about what story you're telling, right. you can go back to, to the title as as your anchor. And I don't have that yet. So it's still very like <laughs> flux. But like, you know, but but I have six conversations recorded and each one is like three hours long. All right. So I'm gonna have to edit that down a lot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So well, that's what I've been working on. <laughs> then as we wrap up, yeah. why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet so you can tell them when this thing is Hell ready. yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can find me, uh, if you search Hazel Tart, basically anywhere you'll find me. Uh, Hazel Tart has a dedicated Facebook page. Um, I'm really not active on a lot of social media other than Instagram. Okay. Um, so if you search Hazel Tart, it comes up. If you want the exact handle, it's crease toe fur. That's crease like in a piece of paper, toe like on your foot, and fur like on a bear, but with an extra R, because crease toe fur with one R was already taken. Um, and that's actually that like that was my YouTube channel, so like that's where that's that where comes, that comes from. from. Yeah. Okay. Got um, it. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I, I as a creative entity nowadays, I I go by Hazel um, in everything creative, just because. Um, that was a very intentional persona that I created, and 
it feels the most uh, authentic way of presenting my art to the world. All days. right. So well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, before we call it quits. <gasps> do I get to do it? You get to do the sign off. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm, I really am a fan of your work. And also, I, even more you. importantly, I'm a fan of your friendship. Thank like, you. I'm a fan of your friendship. I, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing in the queer scene. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from you just observing you out in the wilds, and Thanks. so I appreciate that. But yes, yeah. please, since I don't uh, have to explain it, yes, just sign I'm waiting us for off, this. wrap it's up the this only episode. reason I said yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Music is life, and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at CrashchordsWeb. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good. <laughs>